The Sunday Grill with Crane and Crane Insurance. To compare motor and home insurance quotes across multiple different insurers, see craneandcrane.ie. Well, we've been doing it for a good few weeks, asking people from the southeast how they're getting on if they're living abroad during the pandemic. And this week is no different. And there's some shoots of hope this week for Italy, as the first country that entered lockdown in Europe starts to emerge from it. Barbara Roach is from Wexford. She is living in, well, before I ask her, let's say, where are you, hon? I'm in Sondrio, Italy. Fabulous. So that is northern Italy, is that right, Barbara? Yeah, it's the very north. We're up in the mountains. So it's um, the province of Sondrio is just the north of Lombardy. Okay, lovely. So where it's been worth it. Okay, yeah, of course you have. And I suppose that's where the first stories of um, what became a pandemic started to come from. And an awful lot of talk of... Um, people holidaying in that part of Italy during February that were in Ireland and then came back here. Yeah, exactly. There was a lot of people from around these uh, local, our local ski towns who actually went back and they went to other countries and they brought the virus back. So we had a bit of a problem here in this area um, just with Italian people from, people from Milan were coming to ski for the weekend, you know, before it went into full lockdown. So there was some problems with that. But when it went into full lockdown, all that was stopped. But it was a problem at the start, yeah. Yeah, of course. And what are your first memories of COVID-19? When did it start to get an inkling that something was happening in northern Italy? Well, um, at the end of February, I think it was the last week, you know, within the media more and people were starting to kind of get a bit worried. The children were still in school and everything. And and I think it was the 28th or the 29th of February. Um, it was the weekend and suddenly everything changed. It was Sunday and we were all having the family dinner together. All the messages were coming into WhatsApp groups, mm. you know, there were school groups and everything and everyone was starting to panic in a way because there's all these things that school wasn't going to be open tomorrow. So people were panicking about childcare and everything like that. So that's really where you know things started to, to ramp up, you know. And how are you feeling at that time? It's hard for me sometimes to think back to what must be eight weeks now. And I, I, I do think I felt panic. I didn't thoroughly understand it then. Did you Did you feel like that at the end of February? Was it something... That had been brewing in the news initially. Did you understand what COVID nineteen was? No, I had a good ex- understanding. I wasn't really panicking. I was, you know, I was reading the news and I was, you know, critical of everything and, you know, learning about what it was and how it was affecting people. You know, what the symptoms were, and uh, we you know, straight away we were able to look after the children fine, you know, at home. So we weren't worried um, about our situation, but of course for the elderly people in our family and things like that. So we took the precautions and we stayed away from the older people and, you know, we had the masks and everything. So we weren't, you know, we waited to see what was happening, you know, and, and then as it went on, of course, Bergamo was getting worse and worse. So we mm. were worried about what was to come, the future. But generally, we were we were calm and we just followed the rules, and just, mm. you know, the precautions. And for a long time, it was kind of hard to read the news coming from Italy and all the different videos that were coming out from um, the ICU. But this has been the week that you have been given 
some freedom. What have you been able to do this week that you haven't been able to do since early March, really? Yeah, it's it's been a it's been a long, long time. <laughs> it's, it's, and it's, I presume, um, Barbara, the weather has just been getting better and better initially, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, that has, that has helped. Mm. I think yesterday was twenty nine degrees. Oh, wow. So you know, it's getting to be very like summer. But um, no, it's been 10 or 11 weeks. I'm not sure now that we have been inside and we weren't allowed to go. At the start, we could go out for exercise Mm. and then they stopped that. So they made it stricter. So from Monday, well, before Monday, we couldn't go more than 200 meters from the house. So that meant just inside the house all the time, basically. And you could just, one person could go to the supermarket if you had to go to work. If you're an essential worker, you could go. So all children have just been inside. So it's awful for people that are in apartments. And, you know, in in Italy, that's how a lot of people live. They have apartments with just a small balcony. Mm. It's been very, very tough, very tough. But from Monday now, it's been um, lifted this strong restriction restrictions sorry and um, we're allowed to go out so the children are all out it's really really nice to see yesterday I was out and around and all the kids were out around the town on their bikes and it was lovely lovely so, and what was the first thing you do, did when you were allowed out oh Monday Monday there was great excitement <laughs> here I have two boys and we were counting counting down the days and um, we put their bikes in the car we went to the huge park here just outside the town and they rode around on their bikes for a couple of hours they oh, had a great fun. time fun. yeah yeah so there's a lot of people out running and exercising and you know it's it's starting to feel more like normal now the shops are opening up and you know just families are out and around now we can visit family members as well so that's a big difference and so now we can go for, for dinner as well yeah yeah for the grandparents and all the relatives so we yeah. can go for dinner with them and lunch with them and spend some time together but still we cannot um socialize with friends or visit friends like that but okay. just family members and are you so. wearing face masks oh yeah okay. yeah so the face masks are compulsory everywhere okay yeah. Uh, well, it's great to hear that Italy is starting to see some changes after what you said, 11 or 12 weeks of lockdown. I think we've followed it so closely here and it's been devastating to see for a country yeah, that no, is Irish people we visit so much. Yeah, exactly. Hopefully now the tourism will start to improve because it's it's been very hard for people. They've lost their jobs and their businesses. And a lot of people, especially down the south now, are protesting as well. They're mm. trying to get their businesses to open up because down there they haven't ha- been badly affected like the north. You know, So it's been very hard for them to lose all their, their incomes and their livelihoods. So hopefully now in the next week or two weeks, we'll see big changes and big okay. improvements. Great stuff. And any sign of the boys going back to school or anything like that? No, no. They, I think, more or less have officially said now September. Yeah. So and aren't we looking away? Because I see England, obviously, they have school until the end of July. So they really have to think about that. Whereas, do you have that chance where school would have been closed from June anyway, initially? Yes. Um, so we would, it would be another, I think, from now, another six weeks. Okay. They have, they would have left, but um, there's no problem. You know, we do video calls with the teachers, and they send all of the work, and it's it's worked out yeah. fine. 
It's yeah, funny to hear. It's been a huge problem. And it is funny to hear in all the different countries, we all seem to be doing the same thing. You know, homeschooling, video callings, a lot of Zoom. It seems to be the way that the world has reacted to this. Yeah, yeah. Everything has slowed down and everything yeah. has seems to have gone back to like years before. You know, the kids are playing a bit more instead of being stuck in the classroom. So it's been really nice, I think, for them. Lovely. Well, look, I'm glad to hear that things are slowly getting back to normal for you in northern Italy. And hopefully that continues throughout the summer. Barbara, thank you so much for talking to me this thank morning. Thank you. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. Well, my next guest is busy working on the front line as a cancer nurse while also gaining traction for her business, which is Millish Candles. Fiona Walsh has seen her candle business go from strength to strength during lockdown and she's here to tell us how she's getting on juggling it all. Hi, Fiona. Hi, Orla. How are you? I'm great, thank you. Now, you are a very busy woman. You I am. have a very full-time job and then a job on the side as well. And you are what we call a frontline worker. And sometimes to me that means like people working very much in the pandemic. But have you been doing that? Um, I suppose there's lots of um, different, um, you know, explanations for a frontline worker. What I am is I'm a cancer nurse and I've always been a cancer nurse. So what we are doing at the moment is really we are minding our group of patients. So we're not, I guess, a front line to me would be in ED or, you know, in the test centres, that kind of thing. Mm. But for us, we are still doing our daily job looking after our patients and, and that's what we're at at the minute. So um, I suppose it's just looking after the patients that are vulnerable and those cancer patients are, are in that cohort. Of course, of course. Now, you're in Waterford University Hospital. What What is the mood like there? How, how are people feeling about coming to hospital during um, COVID-19 and everything we hear about it? Yeah, well, people are nervous naturally, um, you know, because our patients are still coming for their chemotherapy. Um, those that can anyway at the moment um, need to come and get their treatment. So it's not something they can avoid. So they're nervous about that. They have to also now come by themselves. You know, they can't bring a relative with them, which is difficult. People coming for their first appointment. So um, that's not easy for the patients. The nurses, I think, are pretty much getting on with the day-to-day. And it seems to be that, you know, that surge, as we were kind of waiting on, hasn't really happened, thankfully, yet. Mm. Uh, UHW and Waterford, I think, have been lucky. And they've been doing what they've been so they're supposed to be doing with social distancing, washing their hands. And we're lucky that we have um, a unit in the hospital that has isolation rooms where patients have been able to go if there is a query of COVID. So... I think that's really made a difference to Waterford, you know. Mm. Now, you also have a, a piece of side business that we talked about called Millish Candles. And when you started Millish, the world was a very different place. When, <laughs> when you started it, what was your plan? What did you want to do with Millish? Well, I suppose uh, it started just from a love of candles. Um, I've always loved them. I've always had them in my house and... Um, from there, then I guess I just last year I was out of work for a little while, uh, just for a short period there, and I got a little set and started making candles. I just thought it'd be something therapeutic, and it was a little escape. You know, my job is quite stressful, so it was something for myself, a little creative thing that I could do. And then I made a bunch of candles then for last Christmas and got a really good feedback um, from people about them, from family and friends, um, and it just kind of grew from there then um, 
I decided then after Christmas just to give it a go and see could I make a little business for myself out of it. Um, and we launched it then there on the 5th of March. So it's mm, Then everything fell to pieces. I mean, then COVID launched as well, so it was great. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't plan that one. No, you didn't. You <laughs> it, took didn't. A, it took a year to, to, to get to the launch bit. And, uh, but sure, look, you know, you got to roll with the punches, don't you? Yeah, you And do. actually, in, in, a, in a weird way, not that it's helped because, unfortunately, the, the two shops that I was going to be stocked and weren't able to open. Mm. But I guess now people are at home and they're looking at their social media and, you know, they're looking for an escape as well and they're sending people lovely little gifts mm. and so it's great it's actually brought something a new dimension to it in a, in a strange way and is there anything you wanted to do different with your candles I know there's you know you go into a gift shop or into an interior shop and there's just such an array of candles out there be it a certain design for certain types of rooms or certain smells what did you want to do with Millish? I guess for me it was important that um, they were non-toxic. So a lot of the candles, I guess, that we buy are are, are paraffin wax, um, and that's a byproduct of petroleum. So I didn't want to be burning that in my house. Obviously, I have two little boys running around. Mm. Uh, so that was the first thing I wanted to, to, to use a soy wax, which is a renewable and a clean burning wax. So that's important to me. Um, and also then I just wanted to bring in a little bit of fun to it. I love to bake, um, and that was kind of the inspiration for the scents that I was going to use. So I wanted to make it personal, I suppose, to me. And I know the inspiration piece has really hit home with people and they kind of have a connection with that. So I guess I wanted to make Millish, um, you know, a fun, honest, um, enjoyable candle to have in your house. Um, And I know there are lots out there. So I hope that this is something just a little bit different for people. Mm. So you have three at the um, moment. You have oats and honey. Is that right? Coffee, oats and honey, yeah. Coffee, inspired. oats and honey. Coffee, yeah. yeah. Uh, people love the smell of coffee, don't mm, they? I and um, I love to make flapjacks. So that's where the oats and honey comes in. Mm. Um, and that's called morning. Um, the next one is zest. Um, and that is blood orange and goji berry. My dad's always loved oranges for his breakfast. And I, I'd share that as well. So mm-hmm. that's where that comes from. And then the third candle is a celebration candle, I suppose. It's called Sparkle, and that's got raspberry, Prosecco, scent in it. And people, that's been the bestseller. People are sending that to people at the moment for their birthdays, which is lovely. We've also had someone send it to somebody for their anniversary and for an engagement. So it's been great. Yeah, it's lovely. Um, Because I write the little notes, and, you know, it's a little kind of a glimpse into people's lives at the moment. So those are the three candles. Now, you're doing seasonal candles, so will at some stage those three move to the side and you'll move on to another season? Well, what I'm going to do is, that that was a question we were, myself and my husband, I was throwing back and, and forth a few ideas with him, and we'll probably, because people are loving those three candles at the minute, we'll keep them on, but I will introduce three more now, coming into the summertime, so in June I hope to uh, release three more. And... Um, There'll be kind of florally scents like an elderflower and rhubarb is one of them. Another one possibly will be a lemony and rosemary type oh, scent. And then a really 
fun one just a cherry cola which I kind of made for fun for a bespoke for a friend of mine and I've gotten some good feedback by that mm. and people are interested in it so that's a kind of a bit of a wild card Bad. but you just don't know what people are going to enjoy so you don't know what it's going to well true but they sound like good ones yeah. to me and tell me like you know it's hard to have a full time job as it is but a full time job and then what like, like do you have a routine yet is it a get up in the morning and make candles or just do it whenever you can yeah no so I, I'm I'm up early, but I'm out of the house early because work mm. starts at like half seven. So I'm gone and all about ten past a quarter past seven, and I have a busy day. Come home about six and have a bit of family time then before the two boys go off to bed. And generally, from about half eight until ten or eleven, then it's millish time. So I'm either making candles, I'm packing orders for the next day, writing notes, and I do a good bit on social media now as well, just to connect with people. It's it's a great way at the moment, Facebook and Instagram. Um, and um, that's kind of it, really. And then half 10, 11, I hit the sack for the same thing the next day. So no but box great, sets I, for you, Fiona, no binge no. television. Every now and then, maybe. I don't know what we'll see. <laughs> but are you maybe on a Saturday. That? Like, is it your own little bit of mindfulness in a way to sit down and make some oh, candles? Oh, listen, absolutely. That's the whole thing. Like, it's... I found the just the making process a complete escape, you know. So it's that um, just I get into a routine with this and I just lose myself in it. So it's great. Lovely. Escapism, definitely. So yeah, that's what we need during these days as well. Well, look, I know, you, yeah. you have some lovely stuff on your social media as well. If people want to check out your Instagram, it's my Millish Ireland, and that is M I L I S. Yep. But you also uh, have a website, and your shop is on that website as well, which is mymillish.com too. Best of luck with everything. Thank you so much, Orla. Thanks a million. And thanks a million for talking to us this morning. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. Well, I think there's lots of things we have realised are quite doable at home during lockdown, from remote working to socialising thanks to Zoom and house party. But the list of things we can't do are long as well, from hairs and nails, basically any upkeep when it comes to needing a professional for that. And I had bras on that list as well. But one, Kilkenny Lingerie Company are changing all of that. Belfem owner Bridget Kearney is on the phone to tell us more. You're very welcome to the Sunday Grill, Bridget. Thank you very much, Orla. Thank you for having me. Now, I'm probably one of those people that you will tot at, Bridget, when it comes to bras. I'm currently living in a sports bra, a very good sports bra, I have to say, and one bra that could be three years old. Okay, well, I'm, I would be delighted then to get my hands on somebody okay. like yourself. For the simple reason is, there is no better time to get fitted for that okay. proper fitted bra. Because Bridget, I'm always quite surprised when I hear my friends say they have six or seven bras. I was never that person. Is it, you know, is that the norm or am I the norm or is it somewhere in between? Yeah, that's the norm. I think, um, like, I would always recommend one on you, one in the wash and one in the drawer. Okay. And then have your good sports bra. And, you know, that you know about three or four, because you have to bear in mind or that bras only have a lifespan of about six months. Oh, <laughs> okay. I did not know that. Yeah, six months and that's it. They, um, you know, because of the wear and the tear, and a lot of people are surprised by that. And when I say six months, a lot of people get shocked and kind of go, God, I have a bra since I got married, which is about 13 years ago. Mm -hmm. But really and truly, you know, when you wear a bra, the elasticity goes in the bra, the wear and tear, the washing, the movement, it depends on how full the cup is, so the pressure of the cup on the bra. So on average, we say six months, 
come back in and get fitted. But in this case, get virtually fitted. Okay. Now, when you say three bras, one on, one in the wash, one in the drawer, are they three very, very good bras or can you get away with an L, one that you picked up for seven euros somewhere? (laughs) No. So, (laughs) definitely not, right? When I say you need three, all of your bras that you have in your drawer should be good bras. And and you would never have bad shoes in the wardrobe. Um, you know, your shoes are always in good condition mm. and so should your bras because you're holding up um, your breast and that you need to be fully supported. And so, yes, it's all about getting that proper fitting, you know, making sure that you know what is right and what is wrong about a bra. So the most important thing is what I would say, a bra should be good and firm on your back. And not only that, the bra should sit right in against your breastbone. So, you know, there's a few key pointers. You know, if the bra is halfway up your back, um, you're not being supported. So that's a good t- a sign to say you need um, a new bra. Also, you know, if you can, if the back of the bra is too loose on you, then that also means you need a new bra because the support has gone from it. Mm. And so, yes, it's about investing in good lingerie and getting proper fitted for the simple reason is we start at a 28 back and go right up to a 46 back. And so a lot of stores don't carry that range. We specialise in, in fitting for lingerie okay. so we can cater for all shapes and sizes. And when you say 46, that's 46 inches. Yeah, it's a 46, yeah. Exactly. Okay, okay. Um, you know when we talk about bad bra wearing and I was watching normal people uh, a few nights ago and I could really see the out not not the bad not the dirty bits <laughs> but I could really see the outline of a bra on a wearer and it really struck me is that a we shouldn't really see our bra and I don't mean oh the cups I mean like that you could see a little bit of um flesh under the back and things like that are they all no-nos no, that like so. It, you have to be able. So when you put when you put a bra on you, you are going to see like the mark of the bra on you when you take it off. And um, a lot of big questions that I would get uh, asked about is that back fat for all the world. So like you know, when you mm. put a bra on, should the back not be nice and smooth? No, it shouldn't because the bra is going around your back. So when you buy a bra, um, for the first day or two, you you should feel it. It should be tight on you. Um, and so you will see a little bit, um, um, of the the back fat is what people call it. But what I would say to you is it will loosen the bra will loosen it will mold and to the shape of your own body but we always have something you know when we put on a pair of jeans and they come out of the dryer they're always a bit tight on us mm-hmm. and so we mold our bodies into them as the day goes on it's the same with the bra oh, you know okay. we all think that when a bra goes on us it should be absolutely 100% perfect you have to break it in it takes at least three to four days for a new bra to okay. set down Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. Now you yes, say yeah. at Belle Femme, because you're doing this a long time, Bridget, that by yes. looking at a woman, now standing in her bra, you can say what size she is. Even if she's wearing the worst fitted bra or the best fitted, you can still say what size that person is. Yeah. So look, if people were coming into us wearing a proper fitted bra, we wouldn't be in business. So that's the first mm. thing I would say to you is we, the worst the, the, the more problems you have with your bra, the better it is for me because I will love then fitting you and making sure you get into that proper bra. So yes, I can. I trained without the use of the measuring tape 10 years ago. We have the business in Kilkenny um, and that's how I fit. If you think about it, the measuring tape cannot measure the volume of your breast. And so it's so important that whoever is fitting you can actually look at you and, 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 and be able to fit you for that bra and giving you the support. And that's exactly what I do. I fit without the use of the measuring tape. And so I look at your back and I look at the cup they're two different parts of the body and they're two different parts of a bra and so you need to be um, you know each part you need to be you know would say fitted differently so the cup is different to the back and the back is different to the cup Okay great now 
was virtual something you were doing before lockdown? Yes. Or, oh, it was. Yes. Okay. So tell yes. us how it works. Yes. Yeah, so we've always been doing it. We've been doing it since we started the business 10 years ago. Virtual fitting is, um, it was always, um, I suppose, provided to, to clients that couldn't come to the shop for personal reasons. And so what we did is we asked people to send us a picture. So omit your face um, and only send the bra, a picture of you in the bra back and front to our secure email address at fittings at bellefemlingerie.ie. And so you send me the pictures. I look at you in the bra back and front and I, and leak, you know, you send us your name, address and telephone number and I will ring you for a consultation and I will go through it with you and I will explain to you why the bra that you, that you are wearing is wrong, you know, that you might need a bit more support or that you need, you know, a fuller cup mm. um, and explain it to you. I will then send you a bra, you will try it on, you will then send me pictures of my bra on you and if it's perfect, that's grand, we, that's it. And if it's not, then you might come back to me once more and I will um, send you out a different size. But okay. that's how we do it. We've always done it, um, but we've had um, so much more demand for it now than ever than before. And as you said, you've lots of demand for it. So you're busy even though the shop is closed. Yes, the shop is closed and we are busy. Um, we are doing these this uh, virtual fitting. So, like, I'm not posting every day. Um, at the moment, we're posting on Tuesdays. Um, but I will get back to each and every person. It's just that there is a little bit of a backlog at the moment because everybody is sending in. Um, and I want to give everybody the time that they deserve and go through it with them in greater detail. Um, because it's important to understand, you know, why am I sending you a bra that could be two back sizes too small mm. and four cup sizes bigger than what you're already wearing? And so what I'm trying to do is then send out the bra and, you know, and to make you more aware that it does take time for Brad to settle down and we have been doing virtual fittings and it's it's a fantastic service because there's one thing that I've noticed in our fitting room everybody will say oh Bridget I don't have time to get fitted for a bra mm-hmm. now that is something that we all have is loads of time and we can get that bra in the comfort of your own home so go in take the pictures send them on to me and I'll be in contact with you and you'll get the bra delivered to you by post and it's fantastic it's a brilliant service and it's okay. a brilliant way of actually looking at that part of your wardrobe mm-hmm. because we do forget about it Orla we, we think oh sure we're wearing a dress and sure we don't need the bra nobody will see it but it's the bra that makes the the dress and Mm. I always say it when you're dressing yourself for lingerie everything works from the inside out Mm. it gives you more confidence you can stand yeah and stand straighter and be more confident Mm. and it's so good for your posture because like you know if anybody has back neck and shoulder pain or you know can that can have that slight bit of a pain sometimes that can be down to an ill-fitting bra you know I fitted somebody during the week that was wearing a 36B, um, I fitted them virtually, um, wearing a 36B, and actually I put her into a 34G. Oh. Like there's, there's a, yeah, that was a massive change. And I only dealt, I, I was speaking to her this morning to see how she was getting on with it. And she couldn't believe it, the difference. And she had a slight bit of a pain in her breast and her neck and her shoulders. And she just feels like that, you know, her posture is better. She feels more okay. secure and... Yeah, and so that's and does what that mean, I, uh, Bridget, that she's that size? Then that's her size, no matter yes. where she buys a bra. No, it doesn't. Like okay. it's not like that's with ourselves and with our own brands. Like you know, it's like everything. You know, different manufacturers make products differently. Yeah, but that's your guideline. You can't go from a thirty six B and then be back to a thirty four G. You know, you you have to be around the thirty four G. You could be maybe a thirty six double F in some other shop, or you might be a thirty. But you you will never be a thirty six B. Like that's four to okay. five cup sizes out. Um, okay. So wow. it is important 
to understand and that's why I do the consultation and that's why I ring the person back mm. and explain to them while I'm looking at their you know at, while I'm looking at the pictures saying you know the, the bra doesn't sit in against your breastbone and it should sit in there yeah. because like I said earlier it is an area that we do forget about and it's so important that we understand because it is a product that drives us all crazy yeah, it we're is. pulling at our bras we're pulling at our straps mm. and so that and that is uh, the the best part about this virtual fitting, everybody's getting the time and we're getting more time at home to actually go, yeah, no, I'm going to break this in now and I'm going to hand wash it and I'm mm. going to mind it. And so, yeah, so it's working very well for us. Brilliant. That's great to hear. A little bit of self-care in the bra department as well. Yeah. Um, Lingerie.ie is the website if people want to look at your contact details there and you have more details on the virtual fitting too. And when you're open again, you're based in Kilkenny City. Isn't that right, Bridget? That's right. We're based in the heart of Kilkenny City. Um, They're on Kieran Street. Lovely. And so, yes, when we're, and yeah, what are you thinking? Exactly. Do you think you'll be back open by September-ish or what are you hoping? Um, look, we're hoping to be open in July. Like we're right. very close, like we're up close um, when we're fitting. So we, we definitely won't be back anytime sooner than that. Mm. Um, and so hopefully that we all um, adhere to the, the guidelines yes. and stay at home and stay safe. And that's, you know, if we do that, that means that we, we hopefully can get back quicker. Um, and fingers crossed that we can have our doors open by September Brilliant. and be back meeting all our lovely customers and being able to communicate face to face. Great. Well, here's hoping. But in the meantime, people can get in contact with you and see what you're offering on bellefemlingerie.ie. Bridget, it was lovely to talk to you this morning. Thank you, Orla. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. Well, if someone told me in January that I'd be excited about getting the makings of a pizza, not the pizza itself, from a restaurant, I'd have thought they'd have gone a little bit strange, but these are strange times that we live in now. And one Waterford restaurant has come up with pizza boxes and other ways to feed their customers while in lockdown and practicing social distancing. Simon Malloy works in Loco in Waterford City and he's on the phone to tell us more. Hi, Simon. Hi, Orla. How are you? Yeah. How are you getting on? I'm very well now. Um, being, being inside Loco, it's a, it's a, it's a very weird time for us uh, especially for everyone working in the hospitality industry. So um, we just have to find different ways to uh, just kind of ma- uh, make our customers uh, make our customers happy and, and actually be able to like, do their own stuff at home and stuff. Yeah. Now, when we talk about frontline workers, we often think of, you know, nurses and doctors, but you really are one of those frontline workers in many ways. Yeah, we are, of course. Like, we, we, like I'm, dealing, I'm dealing with customers, even, even from the takeaway basis, I'm still dealing with, I'm still dealing with customers every single day. So um, even though people can't actually come inside the restaurant, we have a table set up at front, and you come, you come, you come, you collect, you ring in in advance. Um, it's all very, it's all very simple. But um, yeah, we're certainly frontline staff. Mm. And how are you feeling like that about that? Have you had to ask people to stand back, for example, or have people got it mostly? Um, most people, most people are very, very understanding about the whole situation. Obviously, obviously, if I'm in behind the bar making making a coffee or something for uh, for certain people, we we would get the odd customer that would uh, just stroll into the restaurant and just and and in in their head it it is acceptable. Um, but most people aren't actually used to um, being outside there, being outside, and uh, it's just it's just weird for certain people. So um, yeah. We are doing well, and we are, um, we are getting by with it. But uh, yeah, it's it's good though. It's good. Yeah, I think most people have really cottoned on to what we need to do and are okay. I remember at the start, I was asked to stand back in a chemist, and I got a bit of a shock because you're being told to do something. But I think we need to get over that and be able to say to people, "You need to stand back from me." Yeah. 
Yeah, I was, yeah. At, at, at the start, I was kind of cautious about half people to step back, but um, it's getting just, it's getting more and more the, the, the normality of things now mm. as well, which is... Yeah, true. Now tell us about your pizza boxes. Every shop that I have gone into has no yeast, <laughs> and I want to make some pizza, but there doesn't seem to be yeast to be found. But ye have come up with a great way to get pizza to people, but that also you can use a bit of your time to get into pizza making. So tell us what you've done. Yeah, so it's a fun little family. It's, it's kind of like a family thing that, that you can do together. So we have, we sell you a pizza box, and inside the pizza box you have four, piece, four pieces of dough that, that, that you can make into your own pizzas. We give you a tub of our tomato base. We give you um, some mozzarella cheese and, and a selection of, of different toppings. And the idea of it is that, it's like, obviously, it's, it's all the ingredients we use inside of our inside of our pizzas and local. But it, it's a fun little family activity uh, you, you can do, especially with, especially with young kids. Or, uh, like, I even did it, I did it myself with, with, with my family there last week. And um, it actually is very enjoyable. And... Um, it doesn't even take it doesn't even take that, that much time to do it as well. Okay, and it's is it easy to do? Is it easy to knead a pizza base and make it into a circle? Um, I struggled at the start. It was difficult at the very start of it. But um, we actually have a, a video online of of my manager. So my manager has no really experience making pizzas, and she did a step by step example of, of of how to do the pizzas. So um, that video was actually very helpful of, uh, of of how to do it. Okay, good stuff. So now you're a master at pizzas. I wouldn't say I'm a master now, but I'm uh, I'm 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 on the road to be a master, I'd say. So what did you put on your pizza? What's your your favorite topping that you put on it? Um, there's six people in my family, so I have to do. I have to kind of mix it up. Everyone likes something different. Mm. So I did I did a spicy pizza, which um, kind of induya and different flammies and stuff. Yum. I did jalapenos on it. Um, I did a vegetable one with just a different genre, a different veg on it, from pineapple, onion, pepper, and uh, mushroom. Um, I did just a regular meaty one, and then I and then I did a, a Hawaiian one as well. Oh, um, the Hawaiian one is always a bit controversial, isn't it? I love a Hawaiian yeah, pizza, but it divides people. Exactly. Yeah, I wasn't really too sure if I was going to go down, go down, that, go down the, the the line of a wine, but uh, it actually it, it was nice because I added different things to it. So I added a bit of salami onto it, wow. and I actually added jalapenos on it. And the jalapenos and the pineapple actually uh, yeah. went very well together. Perfect. Very surprisingly, it went well together. Mm, good stuff. Okay, so that is the box with the pizza bases, the sauce, and different kind of makings of any type of pizza. Or are you giving people a different ingredients every week for their toppings? Yes. Yeah. Kind of like it's kind of like a pick and mix of the of the different stuff that that, that you get on it. Um, people don't. We had few people requesting certain toppings, and obviously we will we will we'll be able to do that. But mostly it's just um, all the chefs should just kind of throw in some random stuff. Um, I didn't I didn't actually use all the toppings that we use from local. Like we have like anything you have in your fridge, everything you have in your fridge and your presses, you can just throw onto it. And and and, and it is something nice that you can. Use different things on it. Now, from pizza to the other end of the scale, you are offering lobster in loco as well. Yes, we are. So we're we have a new. So we're collecting lobsters every Thursday, fresh lobsters from Dumbarry, and we're getting them and we're doing them in like a lobster thermidor. Oh, so lovely. so it's a creamy sauce, creamy sauce, and then we grill it in the shell. So um, I actually had a little taste of it last night, and it was absolutely oh, the, the, the guy, it was lovely. 
So that's a thing you can pick up, ready to go. You don't have to throw it in the oven or anything. You can pick yeah, it up as a takeaway. Yes, yeah, all done. So we have um, we're on. Yeah, so we're actually on evening time, five o'clock onwards. We're doing deliveries and collections. So we have delivery drivers. So even if you call in in advance, um, order it um, and tell us a certain time that uh, that you want us to deliver to you, we can get it straight to your door. Brilliant. So, uh, which Good. is nice. It's just all little idea that we have. Good stuff. You have thought outside the box with your pizza boxes and all the different food that you have available at Loco. If you want to check out Loco and where they deliver to and what's available, the specials go up every day on Facebook if you just search for Loco Waterford. Simon, thanks a million. Thank I, you. Brilliant. And we will talk to you again soon. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. Well, St. Sennan's Athletic Club in Kilmacow in County Kilkenny are getting set to run a fundraising and fitness challenge called Ireland's Fittest Person. Lots of well-known athletes have lent their support and this small community in County Kilkenny are determined to make this an all-Ireland event. All you need to do is take to take part is a 20-metre strip of grass or of tarmac. To tell me more, George Carpendale from St. Sennan's AC is on the phone. You're very welcome to the Sunday Grill, George. Well, thank you very much, Orla, for having me on. Now, this is a very big task that you've set yourselves at St. Sennans. You don't want this charity event to take place in Kilmacow or even Kilkenny or even the southeast. You want this to go all Ireland. Uh, we're, 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 we've become very ambitious already. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I suppose, re- really, uh, even though it's called Ireland's fittest person, really, it's about trying to bring back some amount of community spirit. And whether that be just in the parish of Kilmacow or County Kilkenny or across Ireland, um, it would be fantastic. So I think where, where the idea really came from or was born out of um, was, I suppose, from, from our athletic club that, you know, normally this time of the year we look forward to our track and field season, for example, where, you know, we have some great banter between some of the other athletic clubs in County Kilkenny and then onwards to um, to provincial and, and, and kind of all Ireland's. Mm. And unfortunately, I suppose this year with everything that's going on, um, you know, that's looking very unlikely that that's going to go ahead. So really what we were looking to do was to to try and, and fill that void in some way and to try and have that little bit of community, kind of bit of social interaction as well. Um, so that will that be just at, at a local parish level in, in Kilmacow or a county level, say, between some of the other clubs in, in County Kilkenny or then, say, across Ireland as well. So you entered across Ireland. We went to Scross Ireland, we did. <laughs> That's what lockdown will do to you, George. Make you very ambitious. <laughs> it was e- it was either that or else or else continue continue baking 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 buns and, and, and banana um, bread. And banana bread, yeah. So we 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 went with the first choice. Okay, you went to the complete other extreme with a beep <laughs> test. Now a beep test really brings back dread of PE to me. Yeah, it's it's um it's it, well I suppose really it's a, it's a, it's a fairly straightforward kind of a fitness challenge and it's probably one that a lot of us would remember from our kind of our secondary school days that we did in PE. So basically what it involves really is um uh, is literally a, a 20 meter uh, run over and back between two between two posts, and the reason I suppose we chose this was because of the restrictions that are there at the moment, and you know it's 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 so difficult to um, you know 
uh, have the options like what we had before where you could go to your local gym or in our case say the sports complex in Kilmacow which is a, a fantastic facility and one where you know the soccer club have you know their, their pitch there and uh, and uh, the GA club and the Camogie club as well and we have our athletics track but as well because of all the lockdown, lockdowns that we have um, in place now what we wanted to try and do was come up with some kind of an event that you could literally do in your back garden and that you didn't really need any kind of fancy equipment for mm. So even though it brings back to some of us maybe a little bit of dread Just from when we were in, in when we <laughs> when we were in secondary school, it's um, it's one that really everybody can do um, because explain there's all different it. levels. It's a it's it's a hard so, one to explain. It's, they, they keep yeah, getting so, faster, isn't that right? If I remember, that's right. Mm. So 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 basically, um, all the information really is available on Ireland'sFittestPerson.com. We've set up our, our own separate website. Um, so the first thing you do is you download um, an app onto your phone. And so when you play that app, it um, just involves a series of beeps that will go off uh, every every so often. And what you need to do is you need to set up um, two sticks or two bollards, anything at all, uh, 20 metres apart. And the objective really is to get to the next bollard before the beep goes off. But what happens is that over the course of a couple of minutes, the beeps start to get faster. Mm. So there's there's different levels, and as you progress through the different levels, uh, you know, the beeps get faster. So you basically end up jogging at the start, and then as the levels move forward, um, you know, as you, as you move up, you're actually sprinting then um, as, as the levels move on. Okay, yeah, nice way of getting fit as well. So, yes. So you are looking for the person who can do this fastest. How are you going to keep a track of this? So we've we've partnered with uh, My Run Results. So uh, My Run Results are uh, a national um, event management uh, company, and um, they're affiliated with Athletics Ireland. So uh, Ronan Wogan at, at My Run Results has been a fantastic help to us, and um, they would normally do a lot of the event management for track and field, for uh, or cross country, for example. Um, and so there's. Um, and the registration is, is through My Run Results, so at our webpage in IrelandFittestPerson.com. Um, when you click on the registration button, it brings you into My Run Results, and so you can register online. Okay. And so how, how the event works then is you go out into your back garden, you, you give it uh, as, as many tries as you want during the week, and um, then when you're ready really to give it your best go, uh, record that on your phone um, as a video um, and uh, submit then your, your score back into the My Run Results page every week. Okay. And so it'll, it'll run as a, as a league table uh, by county uh, for four weeks ah. throughout the, throughout the uh, so month of May. So I can rep Wexford if I want. You can represent Wexford if you want, but we'd be delighted to have you on the Kilkenny team as okay. well if you'd like to do That's that as well. That's not going to happen, George. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> have you tried this? What's your time like? Uh, yeah, I've 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 tried it, um, but um, I'm not disclosing my time because I'm still only just in practice mode at the moment. But what so. are we thinking in and around it should take you to do when you're starting off? So there's there's different um, there's different categories for for um, for different ages, and um, so there's there's um, from ages eight up to adults. So um, I suppose for 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 kids, maybe from say eight to twelve, uh, you know, to get up to about level level five or level six is, is is pretty good going. And so, you know, for for myself, for example, I've gone out and I've tried it and um so I'm at about level level eight, level nine. 
And so then for kids maybe around 14, 15, you know, for some of the really fit kids, you'd be talking about them getting up to around maybe level level 12 or 13. And I suppose the only person, I think, in Ireland who's ever actually got the full distance was Wes Hoolan, the, the soccer player. Oh, so okay. uh, inter, in, inter-county, inter-county uh, GEA players, for example, would get up to around level 16 or 17. Ah, OK. So, so it, that's good to know. We won't be getting that far. Um, no, no, well, I definitely won't anyway. <laughs> no, I definitely won't either. Thanks to all that banana bread. Now, you've got some very well-known athletes to take their competitive spirit and lend their support to this too. We have. Um, I mean, the, the you know, the, re- the response to it has been absolutely fantastic. Um, so, uh, Sonia O'Sullivan and Thomas Barr and Derville O'Rourke have, have shared it on their Facebook pages, which is really great um, and given us some great exposure. And uh, Jackie Tyrrell and uh, Eddie Brennan um, and uh, Donna Marr from, from the inter-county hurling scene in Tipperary, um, and Tommy Welsh, um, the uh, former inter-county hurler for Kenny as well, they've all done promotional videos for us as well, which is which is really, really great. That's great. Um, but I suppose it's it's great to have the, the you know, I suppose the, the elite um, sports people involved, but really... Um, the key people that we we really want to get involved are everybody in the community because, you know, even though it, it sounds like, you know, a fairly tough endurance event, it's, you know, it's it's a it's an event that anybody can do and they can challenge themselves yeah. to whatever level they want. And it's doable. Um, and as you said, you can be part of a league table and you can work yourself up as well. Now, the important bit is that you can donate your registration fee to one of five charities that you've chosen as well. When you go on to your online registration, tell us why you've chosen some of the charities you have. Exactly, yeah. So so there's there's five different charities. So as you say, when, when you go onto the registration page, then you'll be given the option to donate your registration fee to either the Irish Cancer Society, uh, Barrettstown, Feed the Heroes, uh, Jack and Jill, or Alone. And I suppose there's there's a couple of different reasons for, for, for picking some of these charities. I suppose the first one really the Irish Cancer Society is, you know, it's 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 a it's a society, it's a you know, it's an issue which which has affected us all um, across Ireland, either our immediate families or people we know. Um, and the and the job and the work they do really is fantastic. And and you know, obviously, their 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 daffodil day recently, for example, um, you know, didn't go ahead in the same way as they'd like every year. So any support that we can give them would be fantastic. Um, similarly, with Barrettstown as well, um, and Jack and Jill, they've recently come out to say that, you know, their their funding has been really significantly diminished as well. And I suppose we want to try and reach out to some of the organisations that have a really positive impact on kids in situations like that as well. Um, then I suppose on the other side of it, I suppose for for the elderly who who you know find this a very difficult time because mm-hmm. of isolation. Um, you know, alone are doing some fantastic work there as well. And um, then I suppose just for the the, the frontline staff, um, you know, Feed the Heroes has been has been a, a fantastic initiative. Um, so my own my own wife is a, is a nurse in 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 Arkeen and uh, in Waterford, and um, it's been one of the things actually that she's looked forward to. Sometimes when she's been going to work, is is um, is is that little touch to say that you know. Um, yeah. there could be you know a meal order ever put on for them when, she, when, yeah. when they go to work which, which is, is fantastic brilliant yeah. so really good charities there that when you do your registration you can choose to donate your registration fee to and it is ongoing as we are talking so you can go on to irelandsfittestperson.com um, to register and try that beep test I'm going to try it George 
I'm going to represent Wexford really I badly, am, really badly. I am delighted, Orla, because <laughs> <laughs> as, as, as I say, this is not this is not really for for promoting kind of uh, elite elite fitness or anything. No, it's about but I am incredibly competitive, so I am going to <laughs> really go for this. Okay, so what did you say you got to without trying even eight? Did you um, say? So, um, I, I can't. I can't remember actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to assume it was level eight you got to in the beef test, George. So my aim is to beat you, and in doing so, beat Kilkenny at the same time. <laughs> so it's 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 open as well, or like just for I suppose for any of the clubs as well around the yeah, around um, you know. So so um, there's the option as well where. Um, some of our clubs as well have come forward as as entire clubs to register. So um, you know the hurling club in 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 Kilmacow, for example, has been really really supportive, which has been fantastic. And and um, so what they've done in 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 that case is they split off um, some of their teams into smaller groups of five, for example, mm-hmm. and um, they're having their own kind of an in team uh, challenge. You know oh, where they. they they compare all the results and, okay. and they can have a bit of banter amongst their, t- okay, um, amongst their, their teams as well. Okay, well, it so. is Ireland'sFittestPerson.com if you want to check out more details on how you can get involved in the BEEP test. It's for five great charities, the Irish Cancer Society, Barrettstown, Feed the Heroes, Jack and Jill and Alone and George Carpendale from St. Sennan's uh, AC Club in Kilmacow in County Kilkenny, the people who are putting this on and hoping to make it an All-Ireland event. Thank you so much for talking to me this morning. Thank you very much, Orla, for having me on. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. Well, we are towards the end of the Sunday Grill, so that means we can only talk to one man, and he is Don Lodunahu from the RT Guide. Hello. Hello, Orla. Only one man. Yeah, that's it. Just okay, one I like man. That. <laughs> one man left. Who's, who's, who's the last Is that guy how you feel? Speak? Do you feel like you're the only man left on this earth? Yes, last man standing. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Sitting as I am right now. How are you? Office. Good, 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 good. Everything yes, going yes, well? Good. Grand, grand. Mm-hmm. I, um, yeah, the weather's been good. I'm not sure in the sunny south east, it's, but it's good been here. Weirdish. Yeah, it's been grand. Yeah, yeah, yeah it always okay. helps. I've yeah. had that weird sinking feeling that I'll, I won't get to my family home of County Wexford until July 20th. That's yes. kind of dawned on me slowly but surely the actual ramifications Is of that. Is that a good or a bad thing? I don't Care know. Now. <laughs> no, it's not a great thing. No, I know, know actually. Yeah, it's you're not right. A great I know. Thing. A lot yeah. of my neighbours are just dying to get on the road. And imagine on, yeah. the, on that date, Orla, the roads will be rammed. I know, I know. <laughs> like I know there's a lot limbing. of people in the same boat, so that yes, kind of helps. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Now, um, let's talk just really quickly about just the phenomena that is normal people. It's just amazing, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, loved, uh, I love it. I mean, I think it's the best, one of the best. It is the best show I've seen, drama I've seen this year on TV. Can um, we talk about why we think that? Because I was cycling in this morning thinking, why do I love normal people so much? Nothing crazy happens in it. Mm. Um, but it's just so, it's got such lovely layers. I'm so intrigued by her relationship with her mother and her brother yeah. in it. Uh-huh. Um, Sarah Green's character, Connell's mother, is just has a lovely side to it too. It's just, and, and I think because most of us have experienced some sort of college life, it really brings back memories of that for me as well. Absolutely, yeah, I agree with you. Um, it's funny, I interviewed... Um Lindy Abramson about a month and a half ago mm. now, just before it started and because he had said early at the beginning of this year when it was just coming on the radar that this is a very radical very radical type book and, dra- and drama and I was going I asked him how, how, how do you mean by radical and he, what he meant by radical I think as I understood him is that 
it's it's just a lovely tender love a tender yeah. tender love story in a kind of sometimes very cynical age. Mm. And it's gone back to those basics and stuff that two young people fall in love with each other and totally. go through all the emotions that thing. And I go, we talk a bit as well about how it's framed and how it's shot and how it looks like and how how he gets how Lenny Brimmons has, has this magic or whatever it is, I don't know what it is, of getting inside a person almost in the way. Because the book, as you know, having read the book, it, it, the thing is, how do you actually put that on screen? How do you visualise yes. what the book is? Because exactly. a lot of it's interior, a lot of it's almost inarticulate in some ways, like mm. the, the character of, of, of Connell is very inarticulate, but mm-hmm. how do you express it on screen? And Lenny Brimmons just done a magical job with it, oh, really brilliantly. has. Brilliantly. And just, as you said, I mean, I, I think you were saying to me that the first one or two, episode or two, you kind of took a while to get into it, but yeah. it just pulls you in. And once it pulls you in, you ain't you ain't going anywhere. And you know what's you interesting know? about it, and I think it's the reason that it took me a while to go to the player and watch the episodes, is that everything is bells and whistles to me these days with television. Everything mm. is brash and I'm watching reality shows and I'm binging on Netflix things. This has given me 23 minutes, I think they are, of just beautifully shot storytelling and it's mm. interesting what you said about it being kind of old school even though it's set now there's very few phones and things in it it's all in the moment it's lovely Look, listen to the soundtrack as well, oh, the music is brilliant as, in it as you notice from episode 4 onwards the music becomes more uh, plays a bigger role I suppose, yeah. ways, but the music is beautiful but it doesn't it's not any, of any age kind of jumps back and forth totally. as well doesn't it yeah. very interesting really, yeah. really enjoying it oh uh, yeah I mean thumb- yeah Five thumbs up or whatever you call it. Completely. (laughs) I think it is my series of the year. And if you haven't seen it yet, you're in for a treat because there's a load, well, not a load of them. There's only 12 in the series and we're well into it though. And there's two per week. So they're all up in the RTE player if you want to have a look at them. Now, another book that I loved when I was a teenager is Wally Lamb's I Know This Much Is True. And tomorrow night, that is becoming a series on Sky Atlantic. I'm really surprised to hear this and delighted as well. Well, I'm very surprised you actually read the book. This yeah. book was about 1996. Well, yeah, oh. It was a huge seller at the time. It was actually an Oprah's book choice as well. Oh, was uh, it? Okay. See, when I saw this, I know this so much is true. Initially, I'm going, my God, they, they, made, a, they made a series about a spandau ballet song. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, a bit, I'm a bit dumb. But um, yeah, but this book was huge. And this is written and directed by the guy who made Blue Valentine. Remember that, that movie, yes. Blue Valentine? Yes. But, which was a very beautifully pitched book mm-hmm. uh, story, but a lovely relationship coming up on the way up and the way down. Um, and it's a six-part limited series. And it's got... Um, Mark Ruffalo okay. in the dual role of uh, Dominic Birdsey and his twin brother Thomas. Now you've read the book I know it's a long time ago Orla, but it, I mean Thomas um, is a paranoid schizophrenic and it falls in Dominic that's his twin brother to take care of him um, after her, their mother's health fails and of course he's a burden and a, and a concern obviously for his brother and this book which I haven't read, but the, the, it obviously follows the, the same screenplay. Follows it. It's full of tragedy, isn't it? Yes. I mean, I'm just reading like a list. I can remember today. Yes, it's got like I mean, I mean like it's got a, does it, someone gets cancer? There's a massive heart attack. There's a mm. car accident. There's a dismemberment. There's a suicide. A, a child dies. It's like on and on and on. You know, um, the thing I'm looking forward to most, uh, having not read the book, but I've, uh, Mark Ruffalo, I think, is a really good actor yeah, who can great. catch that sensitivity. And he's got he's got on the double here, obviously playing twins. Um, and I mean, I'm, I'm sure everyone knows him from playing the Incredible Hulk. And he even mm-hmm. makes the Incredible Hulk seem human in yes. some ways, you know. So he's a good actor. So yeah, He's quite understated. Yes. I mean, how much do you remember of the book? Nothing. You, nothing? Okay, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Did you like it? What, you remember I remember loving it? it. I remember loving <laughs> okay. it. I think there's three Wally Lamb books and I read them all as a teenager and I just, 
thought they were fabulous. So yeah, um, yeah, it's funny what like what you were saying. It's from the nineties. So to hear that um, it's been made now is like brilliant. So it was, it's been a long time in the uh, on the back burner. Okay. You know, this, I mean, this project's been a long time uh, on, the, on the one uh, coming, uh, coming as I say. You know, okay. Um, it's 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 it opened. It's on it's HBO production, so it's opened in the states a few weeks back. Um, it's got fairly mixed reviews. Um, Supposed to look great, and Mark Ruffalo gets gets good 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 thing. But it's a bit. Listen, it's it's it's. it's I imagine it's a tough watch. Okay. There's a lot of tragedy in it, so maybe okay. maybe. I'll you, give it a go and see if give it, it a go. Yeah, and listen, so anybody's read the book probably will give it a go. I imagine. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. Okay, that is. I know this much is through. Uh, adapted from the Wally Lamb book. It is tomorrow night at nine p.m. on Sky Atlantic. Okay, let's quickly run through these ones. Uh, we have Marty and Bernard on the road again on Wednesday night at nine thirty-five p.m. on RTE One. If ever there was a motley crew, it's these two. Yes, yes, indeed, indeed. Oh. I mean, I watched the first, some of the first season. Uh, my sticks, my memory are the two of them trying to make a fire with two pieces of sticks. <laughs> pieces of sticks. I mean, seriously. <laughs> Sorry. What I mean, they're all, they're all in the wild. Wow. Did, did, you, did you watch any season no. one? They're in the wild and they're like, they're this kind of um, uh, good bear grill type character is trying to teach them the, the fundamentals of uh, surviving you know, in the wild, which is kind of hard to imagine with Marty and Bernard. But yeah, so like, they took them about an age to rub two sticks together and make a fire, but obviously it never happened. Um, but this one's slightly different. Um, they, they're meeting local people in various places around the country who are doing remarkable things for the community. So I suppose okay. it does tie into the whole... Okay, well, good. It obviously came pre... It was obviously filmed pre-lockdown. Um, so in the opening episode, they meet an inspirational group of women from Ballybock in Dublin. Okay. Uh, these women were called Gaelic Four. That's the, the number for Gaelic mm-hmm. for Mothers and Others okay. uh, which has got the subtitle of GA for Maz Ga for Maz okay. anyway there you go <laughs> <laughs> so, so basically um, Marty and Bernard set these women a, fundra- a fundraising challenge and the thing is like will it be a success will it be a failure will we see Bernard and, and Marty rubbing sticks together uh, I don't know who knows <laughs> Watch it. Tune in on Wednesday night. If you fancy it. <laughs> uh, Gaff yeah. the Mass. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Gaff the Mass may be the best thing I've heard today. Okay, so that's 9.35pm on RT1 on Wednesday. And then finally we have Charlie Brooker. I love Charlie Brooker. Uh, antiviral Wipe. BBC One, 9pm on Thursday. Mm, this is the one-off special from uh, Charlie Brooker. Who? Can I just say before we start? Yes. I love Charlie Brooker. I do not love Black Mirror. Okay, well, listen, this okay. is not. Char- I imagine, well, Charlie Booker is probably most famous now for Black Mirror because yes. he created and wrote it. Uh, but he did cut his satirical teeth writing a, um, a column first for The Guardian called uh, Screenwipe, which subsequently became a TV series, which you probably love him for that. It's the, the great end of year. TV. Yes, yeah, yeah I love that end of year stuff he used to do. End of year, yeah. Mm. And he won the BAFTA Award for that in 2016 for, the, for his TV series as well. Um, this is kind of a variation, well, not a variation, this is a, a half hour one off special, and it's basically life under lockdown. Uh, so it covers the crisis, obviously, I imagine, from a UK per- perspective. Mm-hmm. But he also takes the scalpel to what the public have been watching on TV while they're locked indoors. Now, okay. I, can, I can only imagine <laughs> what Charlie will do with this, you know, because if you haven't seen Charlie Brooker, you should watch this. It's only half an hour. And if you have, if you have, you don't need any, you don't need me to tell you to watch it because it's actually, I can imagine, it'll be quite, Brilliant. quite an alternative take on a, a life uh, indoors watching TV. <laughs> anyway, that is Charlie Brooker, his antiviral wipe. It's on on BBC One at nine PM on Thursday. Then Marty and Bernard on the road again, nine thirty-five PM or T One on Wednesday, and then tomorrow night at nine PM it is Sky Atlantic and Wally Lambs. I know this much is true. Thank you so much. Thanks, Talk to you next week. The Sunday Grill with Crane and Crane Insurance. To compare motor and home insurance quotes across multiple different insurers, see craneandcrane.ie.